Nashville what it is. Welcome to Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. It's Sunday. It's beautiful. What do you want? I think I know what you want. You want to get smacked in the face today. That's what you want. I think I have just the thing for you too. If you're not in Nashville and the weather's terrible, I'm so sorry because it's pretty freaking gorgeous here. Not to brag, but maybe just a little bit. If it's not super hot, it's usually raining over the summer, so I think I've earned my place to brag. This is my uh, second show. If you're not familiar, my theme is rock and roll. All right, I'll narrow it down a little bit for you. I'm talking mid-70s to mid-80s rock and roll. Out of London, out of New York City. It's been pretty much London so far. At least uh, the UK is as broad as I've gone. But I'll throw in some American rock and roll here, if not today, in the near future. All right, we're going to start off with a spotlight. These guys were formed in 76 in Prestwich. That's in Greater Manchester. Marky e. Smith, the front man, has been quoted as saying, if it's me and your granny on bongos, then it's the fall. Lots of uh, lineup changes with this band, but Mark Smith is the man. Repetition, tense rhythms, and abrasive guitar-driven sound. That's what's going on in the background. And uh, this guy has been described as having a unique one-note delivery somewhere between amphetamine-spiked rant and alcohol-addled yarn. They've been called the most prolific band of the British post-punk movement. A total of 31 studio albums. I mean, they're still going. I mean, if you get on uh, their website or their wiki, it says 1976 to present. These guys don't give up. I'm surprised this guy hasn't fallen over from exhaustion, Mark Smith. He's not a light liver, if you know what I mean. Although his liver might be a little light at this point. A little thinned out. And a slew of live albums and compilations. Ladies and gentlemen, the fall. Last orders.
Mark, Mark E. Smith and Mark Riley. Thanks for coming in, fellas. It's not that easy at this time of the day. Eh? You're, and we'll, we'll get to the, the concert tour in a sec, but I've read things out of the UK, where, like you won the awards for songwriting, band, singer, etc. And I've also read over there that they, that one fellow said that you are still angry and you're the last group in England to be still angry. Would you go along with that statement? Yeah, I think we're the only group that's actually uh, upset about certain things. So you, you're, you're speaking your mind through your music? Yeah, I get, I get worse, yeah. <laughs> what are some of the things that you're upset about? Obviously, the unemployment thing over there is, is rotten at the moment. No, it's nothing like that. Don't be so. Don't uh, Other areas? get political or anything like that. Uh -huh. no. no, it's just a music uh, industry over there that sort of annoys us. Yeah, well, I've also seen some of the crits that they weren't overly nice. Like uh, yeah. I think one of the guys that was in a well-known band years ago said he thought your record was awful, and other people have said Jeff uh, not, Yeah, Jeff Beckett was in one of those. Uh, well, he can talk. Okay, I mean, good. So, what do you what do you think when those, people like that say those sort of? It's good. That's what it's for, to get the backs of a people like that, really, you know. So you're really out there to, to stir things up a little yeah. and play music at the same time. Now here, the other night, you, I think 400 or 500 people were turned away at the first gig you played at in Sydney. Now, I wouldn't have thought that had happened for you. I know you've had albums out and they, they've been played here on certain radio stations, but I didn't think it had happened. Did you expect that? No, not so, no. But, I mean, uh, we're very much a live band. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not the same as the records at all. It's the only reason we keep playing. Did you expect that, Mark? I didn't know what to expect, you know. It's, it's different everywhere we go. You're right in the middle of Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. 
which you're right in the middle of actually is a fall spotlight. This is the fall post punk. I these guys all hate to be in calling these uh these uh categorizing names, but uh I gotta describe it to you somehow. These guys are uh post punk at its at its hardest. And uh they uh I'm reading this thing right here. Just give me a second, all right? Yeah. Just want to make sure I'm getting it chronologically accurate for you because I don't want to skip something and then have to go back. That kind of stuff's embarrassing. Hopefully you get that. Uh, these guys, though, they had an EP they were working on. And uh, they were working with this producer who decided he didn't have enough money to release it, but they went ahead and recorded it in 1977 called Bingo Masters Breakout. This is a EP and uh, they got tabled, you know, shelved, that sort of thing. Uh, their actual debut on vinyl came out in 1978 as part of a, uh, a live compilation called Short Circuit, Live at the Electric Circus. This is uh, comprised of some live recordings that uh, were made at the Manchester venue in October of 77, just before it closed down. Um, also on that were the uh, the Buzzcocks, and you'll hear from them a little bit later. Um, you did hear uh, The Fall earlier from that live show. Last Orders was the track. And I've also got a slew of interviews of Marky e. Smith. You'll hear uh, this guy. Sometimes he makes sense, sometimes he doesn't. You just have to stick with him. That's kind of how it is with The Fall. You may like him, you may hate him, but you're going to remember him for sure. Um, crap. Rap to Like to Blow was the last one you heard. That's uh, Live at the Witch Trials is their debut LP. It came out in 79. Uh, it's, in fact, not live at all. It's all studio. How's that for, uh, for a big joke? But, uh, yeah, they did have that live one, Short Circuit, a couple tracks on there. And uh, I'm going to get right back into it. This is uh, a 1979 single. Rouch Rumble. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville. Thank you. 
how did you uh, go in America? How, how did they accept you? That was okay, yeah. Rave reviews? Good reviews? Good crowds? Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, people want to see us out. I mean, we haven't got big sales in America, you know, but people come out to see us. We're curious. Uh -huh. a, we get a sort of a, arouse a lot of curiosity. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's going to happen here. I don't think it'll reflect in sales, but uh, I hope it does. You think more so the live, so you obviously yeah. after this one with the stuff. There's, like there's a lot of people there the other night just coming to have a look, I think, you know. Yeah. And you're at the family inn tonight, aren't you? So that'll be packed. Now, with that sort of thing happening for you, you're going to come back again. Is there a chance you'll be back later this year, or will it have to be 83? Don't know. We don't think about it. Don't make any plans out like that. We don't even know what we're going to do after this, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I know you're going to We're going to try and go to Germany for the yeah. beer festival. For the beer festival? Will you play there? Yeah. If we can, if we're capable. <laughs> you recorded a track called Iceland, and I, I believe you did that in Iceland. Yeah, Am I correct? Yeah. Did you only go to Iceland to record that one track, or did you go there to do a tour of Iceland? Uh, we did three nights in Reykjavik. Uh -huh. Played three nights, and uh, somebody just bought the studio for us. So, you fellas really don't look ahead and say, hey, we will plan a situation. You're just doing it as it occurs. And, and you're happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> Get to see the world, etc. It's great, isn't it? All right, you're listening to The Fall. That's Marky e. Smith. I could just call him Mark Smith, I suppose. I'm just used to reading his name like that. Mark E. Smith. Don't think I'm saying Marky. E. That's not his name. But he is with The Fall. That's who you're listening to on this particular show, which is called Ghost Town, and particularly I'm called Creepy Steve. Moving right along... Dragnet the Fall's second album, recorded in August of 79 at Cargo Studios. It was released in October of that same year. And uh, this, this album signal, signaled a sparser, more jagged feel in Fall's music compared to their uh, debut, Live at the Witch Trials. Uh, apparently, the studio complained about the sound quality and protested against putting its name on the album's sleeve fearing it would put other artists off using the facilities. Wow. Talk about high and mighty. But in the, uh, the favor of the fall, talk about rock and roll. Let's listen to some, uh, some more words from Mr. Smith, and then we're going to listen to one off of Dragnet. Um, this one will definitely signify the uh, sound that I just described to you. Before the moon falls is what's coming up after these words from Mark. Um, yeah, the fall okay. We well. We're doing an LP soon, which will consist of some songs with good stories and some melodies and voices, instrument exercises. This LP will fill up the rubbish bin and plug up the coffee table like those other 73 revival LPs masquerading under various new wave trademarks, but we'll put a bit of intelligence back into the scene as usual. All the groups imitate us, but they always underrate us. I don't think I should shut up about bands presently making a mint out of four rip-offs but they've got to live with themselves and I wouldn't like to be that. We are private detectives on a back from a musical pilgrimage Work under the name of the fall Who would suspect this? It isn't too obvious Our office is secluded Those there to suspect would not see the wood for the trees We were six like dice but were back to five up here in the north, there's no wage packing jobs for us, thank Christ. While young married couples 
discuss the promises of their self-built tracks and the junior clergy demand more cash. We spit in their plates and wait for them ice to melt.
remarkable self-interview by the rather out-of-it Mark Smith of The Fall. Well, let's kick off now. I shout for The Fall, and I'm about to interview myself for my fee, uh, I mean, uh, friend Grant in his bid to clean up the market, interested in what emperors and latter-day art heroes like myself have to say. Hang on, I'll just get my line, I mean, uh, lines. My mother just told me that um, the person of the group that recorded Turning Japanese, Turning Japanese, you know what Turning Japanese, was a fucking liar. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? So I'll stick to my band and just say the ball have got a single coming out about June on a record label uh, I'm not prepared to disclose. And he's not so saying being how I wrote Elastic Man, which is about how the public kill off their heroes' creativity uh, and City Hobgoblin, which was originally entitled Case for the Jews. Not that that's got anything to do with the song. Presently about to be released. Go into your record dealer and ask why, ask your local record dealer why he's such a dick.
You're listening to The Fall on Radio Free Nashville. Hope you're enjoying your afternoon. Not really. I couldn't care. No, that's not true. I care. I care. That's why I'm here. I showed up, okay? I'm here. I'm here for you. Here for me, anyway. Let's get let's get right on this. So we're still going with The Fall here. Hope you're enjoying the tunes. If not, I don't want to know you. I don't. That's just me being honest. Uh, let's see. They released their fourth single, Fiery Jack. That was uh, in January of 1980, and uh, they uh, quit their record label. Also, you know, when underwent a uh, regime change again. Not regime. It's still Mark Smith, but uh, their players. You know, they played uh, some more musical chairs, and uh, they signed with a new label and uh, released a live album, Totals Turns, in May of 1980. And this, with the exception of two tracks, was a complete live album which documented them during their various appearances in 1979. Uh, moving into the 80s, in November, The Fall released their third full-length LP, Grotesque, after the Grom, and uh, was preceded by a couple of acclaimed singles, How I Wrote Elastic Man, which you just heard, and Totally Wired, which you're about to hear. Um, the album went number one on the UK indie chart, and that was co-produced by Rough Trade's Jeff Travis and Mayo Thompson of Red Crayola. It showed a significant improvement in production, and this was to continue throughout the period. Yes, yes. All right, you're listening to Ghost Town with Creepy Steve. We're going to listen to some, uh, some words from Mr. Mark Smith. This is from a 1985 interview, and then we'll get right back into the music. But you see, what I have is a very original approach to writing, you see. Because it's not educated, but it's not... It's not jargonized, I don't think. I hope it's not. I just write sort of stuff, you know, that supposedly has got something to say, you see. So sometimes I forget about that. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, it is it's something you've got to remember. You're writing music and you've got to get... You've got to have a word that puts a chill up everybody's spine and stuff, you know. It doesn't matter what the word is, it's the way you use it with the music. Sometimes I sort of overreach myself and I just write a lot. And like and I think it's good and perverted by language a lot. It happens a lot that. You know, it's just a ver it's just the verse is the main part of the song, you know. Do you ever remember like Mot the Hoople songs and stuff? I remember there was this All the Young Dudes, for instance. I used to I used to knock around with this Irish lad and he used to have I've talked about him before. Used to think like these interpretations you used to have on these lyrics and what the Eupholes were incredible. I mean, they're better than anything that the, the song was about. You know, he says, like, that's great, in it, where he says, I'm going to go out tonight and shag some cow to death. <laughs> you know? I was dead reassured when I saw that stuff to see how inept it was. Do you know what I mean? Because I like. <laughs> I like your stuff. You know why I like your stuff? It reminds me of <laughs> tea time. Tea time TV. It does, you know, when they... When, you know, like when, when women are, like, uh, picketing the street because the big lorries are coming down and they, like, do the sort of the street and it's, like, dead straight, you know, and it's, like, that's what I love about his stuff. I think it's great, you know. I mean, there's just no way it can look glamorous. He tries very hard. <laughs> we had it, held it in such contempt. In them days, the people used to come up and say, we film it, we used to go, yeah, we don't give a shit if you do or not, you know, don't ask for any money or so, you know, and they do it. I'm totally wired, I'm totally wired. 
I mean, I don't, I don't dislike people who really dislike us, you know, because I, I really appreciate that when somebody says they don't like my stuff. I don't appreciate writers who do it because I know they don't not doing the job properly. I get more and more sort of frightened of things as I get older, you know. Sometimes I can. The thing about being older is I think you can just like take it a lot more. Your spirit it handles it a lot better. It's like last night I couldn't sleep very well. I was, I was getting really angry about things, you know. I was getting angry about all the things that are coming back. You know, they never go away. The things that are against the fall or against what I believe in, you know. But um, like things like Channel Four, you know, the, you know, when you go on Channel Four, for instance, like on this TV thing, we found out that you've had to, like, you've got to pay like six hundred quid to the PA, you know. Now that is now I it all clicks for me why they get such crap bands live on, you know, why the bands are live on the tube, you've never heard of and things, you know, because it's just it's just who is prepared to sell themselves, you know, and I don't I I don't. I don't like these sort of, there's a lot of vulgar businessmen com coming out, you know, who aren't even good, who are inefficient. And then things like that, something like that kept me up last night, you know. But I've talked to you a lot about this club, but I'm getting, I'm getting to really hate the left wing. I was about six months back, which was a real pain for me, because I used to be, like, quite into that stuff when I was a teenager. You know, but lately I've been getting really to despise it. You know, and, and so I've, I've levelled off a bit now, and I'm not like I'm not going to turn into a fascist or out. One of the most commonest criticisms of the fall nowadays is that they, they sound the same. You know what I mean? And I know damn well they don't sound the same, but like it's like some kind of crime. You know what I mean? Because they, they want this kind of like novelty value thing. And these people who are sort of but these same people are going to 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 rate. They they still, they, still, they want to be journalists, but they also want to be intellectuals. But they don't want to go that far about it. Unhappy with their record label, in 1981, The Fall released Slates, intentionally made too long for a single and too short to be considered an album. Released as a 10-inch EP, it only cost two pounds. Can you relate? The Fall eventually quit Rough Trade by the end of the year, and then they signed with indie label Camera. That's with a K. Uh, they toured America after the release of Slates, and select recordings from this tour were released in 1982 as a part of America Therein, 1981. Uh, also in 1981, they released this single.
in the stinks, pros, rich, nowadays that they can't lay that thing on me about being a pop star. They can't do it anymore. It's the really greatest achievement, really. I don't appreciate it. You know, sometimes I think, oh, go on, you know, put up. the wife will come on with me and play guitar, you know, and then I think, maybe somebody will point that out as like a sellout, you know. Then I have to wait up and I think, well, I don't really give a damn, and it's not, and people daren't do it. They daren't, because they know. They just feel it, you know. It's good. Just thank God I never got into that book thing. Oh, you wouldn't believe how close I was. I mean, I had, I, had, I had a deal set out and everything, you know, and people wanted me to do it. And um, I was writing, you know. I just pulled back in time, you know. I think the book world is a crappy world. I don't know why, I just get this impression it's, a, it's, a, it's an evil world somehow. It asks, asks a lot more of you and gives you even less. Which is very, like, that's like the Lancashire in me, you know, you can only push me so far. You know, I'm not going to do that. Not for them swines. Have you seen the book reviews and stuff? Book reviewers, what they're like and stuff. I mean, it's what what them book nominations are. The books they've nominated for the book of the year, the, the booker thing and all that. I mean, it's just a joke. Even, like, good writers say that, you know, like Ballard and that. They just say, you know, like, they're embarrassed to be on the lists. I suppose I could become a poet when I get older or some or writer or whatever, you know. I was told I always have a fiver in your pocket. <laughs> That's the most important thing. 1983 was a year of changes in the fall camp and marked the return to Rough Trade Records. That was after they were promised better treatment this time around. That's right. Don't take no crap, Mark. And uh, June 7th, Rough Trade Records issued the fall's ninth single, The Man Whose Head Expanded. And on September 19th, issued the band's tenth single and double pack, Kicker Conspiracy. Kicker! Kick Conspiracy! Kicker! Christmas rush, had in his hand. 
on the club unit. Plastic, slime, partitions, cocktail, zigzag, Tudor bar. Pat McCat, Pat McCat, the very famous sports reporter is talking there. Remember, you are abroad. Remember, the police are off. Remember, they are unemployed. Remember, my expense account. Hot dogs and seat for Mr. Hog. Hot dogs and seat for Mr. Hog. And his grotty spawn. And living brochures for ground units. Alright, this portion of today's programming is brought to you by the Green Party of Tennessee, bringing a new perspective into the bipolar world of American politics by supporting ecological wisdom, social justice, grassroots democracy, and my favorite, nonviolence. My favorite these days. More information at greenpartyoftennessee.org. So, I'll just say this once, if they had a tea party, would it be the Green Tea Party? Social 
set out to be a British band I just thought that's what bands should be like and that's one of the things why the fall were formed you know and I thought people weren't being particularly true to their roots and stuff and I thought it was a shame that some groups sounded like they could come from anywhere in the world and you could never actually pin it down you know I've said this before you know from Joy Division to the Rolling Stones you couldn't actually tell where they were, where they were from you never could yeah I mean that's one interesting thing about Britain for the start you know that, I mean you can go five miles and it's a completely different world I sort of react against sort of trends and stuff a lot and I, I never I think the last five years it's, it's the trend is to like not be very British you know in sort of whereas you know and it's a great shock like uh, about a year ago I got a great shock of going to the America for the third time that I was actually getting physically ill from being away from home you know? that in the end it was just like, you know, because, I mean, it, it's like in my game, I mean, theoretically, I should have moved from the place I, I was born. I mean, that's a tradition all over the world, isn't it? If you, if, you, if you think you're some kind of artist, you get out of the place straight off, don't you? Everybody does it. But I never could. It should be documented because it's a great for... The expressions like that are, are works of art, and that, that is what I call art, you see. That word, I think that is, you know, and scriking and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, it's not words I particularly use a lot myself. I do use them. What's scriking? Scriking is like when, when kids are crying. Oh, and it really gets on your nerves and like scriking. Like just... in the train when we go to 
That's what Fred in the Foresters used to say. These, these kids used to come in the vault, right? This woman used to bring a kid in the vault, and like it's the worst thing. She, and they're just going, Aah! and all the long girls would be around there, you know, still going, oh, great baby, you know, oh, she brings a baby in the front, you know, and like Fred behind the bar, he's all softened. Like, he comes out, he goes, shut up, you striking kid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like this kid about nine months old, you know. He was just like shouts like like really hating it, you know. Like didn't feel embarrassed about saying it. Everybody's going, oh, is that your new baby? Oh, you know, like this. Everybody's really annoyed, really, you know. He's striking. In 1983, The Fall released "Perverted by Language." That was in December. The group's final album, by the way, with Rough Trade Records. That's it. Finally, you tried again. You tried. You tried again. No bueno. Uh, also released in December of that year was a live album, uh, In the Hole. In a Hole, sorry. <laughs> uh, one of those. And that was recorded during the Falls tour of New Zealand in 1982, released on Flying Nun Records. This era found the Falls scoring a few modest hits with singles from a string of highly acclaimed albums. This includes 1984's The Wonderful and Frightening World of the Fall, This Nation's Saving Grace in 1985, and Ben Sinister in 1986, and let's not forget 1988's The Friends Experiment. I'm not going to go into those with music. We're going to cut it off here. I hope uh, hope you've gotten a good taste of this band. They actually really kicked ass back in the day, and they still continue to tour now and again and release material. At least uh, Mark Smith and your grandmother at the, the bare minimum. So here's their final number, and then we're going to go into another block, and uh, I won't give it away just yet. You might already have a heads up. Eat yourself fitta. Big one, a 
the screen So the Holy Ghost that's where on the screen Where's the cursor? Where's the eraser? Where's the cursor? Where's the eraser? Sorry, that track's turning out to be garbage. I hate that. It's a good song, too. All right, we're going to get right into this next one. You are, in fact, listening to WRFNLP Pasquo, and you're in gro- <laughs> I wish I didn't stumble on my words sometimes. Maybe if I didn't drink so much back in my youth. Uh, <laughs> like I'm not still... Well, anyways. All right, you're listening to Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. Let's keep creeping along. Badum Badum lines from a song, a punk anthem called Boredom, first released in Manchester in February 77 on an independently produced EP called Spiral Scratch. That EP is now a collector's piece, a punk classic. It both influenced and represented the spirit of the new music which thrived in the last two years. The group in question, Buzzcocks, were formed and the songs written by, on the right, Howard DeVoto. He changes his name each time he moves town, and on the left, Pete Shelley. Shelley was what his parents were going to call him if he was a girl. By the summer of 78, Shelley and Devoto had parted company. With their own bands and record contracts, they had each released albums to great critical acclaim. Albums which, though musically very different, define the present state of play. As well as being the story of how these guitars got to be in this condition, this is also the story of Pete Shelley and Howard Devoto, two young men who seized their desires and helped change the reality of modern music. Autumn 1975, Bolton Institute of Technology. Shelley and Devoto are students, and they're very bored. I was incredibly sick of what I was hearing and what I was reading uh, on record, on paper, in people's minds. November 75, Devoto puts up a notice looking for musicians, an obscure notice which prophetically included the word punk. Shelley answered the notice. Well, about a couple of weeks after we met with the use of Bowman and group, we started just writing songs together. 
and the songs were good and we enjoyed them and we thought we really must get a group together proper and go out and perform these songs you know, so people can enjoy them as much as we do. They are regarded as an important influence on the Manchester music scene, the independent record label movement, punk rock, power pop, and indie rock. Wow, you got any other uh, labels we can slap on these guys? They achieved commercial success with singles that fused pop craftsmanship with rapid-fire punk energy. Uh, these guys started up by Devoto and Shelley. They chose the name Buzzcocks. They read something in a headline that said, It's the buzz, cock. That's buzz, comma, cock. I can't often say words like this and it'd be okay. Let me just bask in this. Okay, I'm good. In a review of the TV series Rock Follies in Time Out magazine. So that's where they saw this headline. Buzzcock name was born. Buzz for excitement of playing on the stage. And cock is Manchester slang, meaning mate, as in friend or buddy. So don't be so bashful about calling your good buddy a cock. It's okay, according to the Buzzcocks. All right, CD2, not my amigo today, certainly not my cock. Again, that means friend or buddy. If you're from uh, on the other side of the pond from me, that's okay, though. I embrace other cultures as you are bearing witness. And uh, I think we're good on this one. This is going to mess with the flow just slightly, but I'm adaptable. Are you?
you're listening to the Buzzcocks. This is Ghost Town with Creepy Steve. Gotta do the old switcheroo because CD2 is not my friend today. Not my friend today. I got this for you though. The scenario. A multimedia presentation created to provide a forum for the original hip-hop generation. Music, interviews, and discussion on a wide range of topics like politics, entertainment, religion, and social issues that captivate our attention day to day. That's life. That's music. That's the scenario. That's each and every Saturday at 5 p.m. Let's keep this going. You're listening to the Buzzcocks. Feeling betrayed by contemporary music, the sounds inside their heads were revolutionary. Energy, aggression, and simplicity. To many, it seemed harsh and tuneless. It would later be called punk rock. Everybody that was involved with that movement, and certainly myself, and I think probably Peter and the rest of Buzzcocks, was that you, were, you didn't think you were going to be around very long. You didn't think you were going to make another record. You didn't really know that you were going to play another concert. And therefore... <laughs> In a way, uh, you had to do it fast, yeah. and you had to do it as directly, as directly as you could. Well, in some ways, it was in opposition, and we were glad about that because we didn't want to be the same as everybody else. But also, it was different because because we were different, and um, it, it just seemed to arise from the things that we were doing. Uh, that we had this feeling between us that we wanted to do something which was entertaining and exciting and actually meant something. I thought of it as an attack, but not uh, in any straightforward, upfront, uh, I'll show you my fists, man, sort of thing. Uh, it was just an attempt to uh, step sideways and shadow box with a few phantoms or something. The fight begins on July 20th, 1976 at Manchester's Lesser Free Trade Hall. Shelley and Devoto on stage for the first time. They have now added a Stratford schoolboy on drums, John Marr, and on bass, Steve Diggle, unemployed from Oldham. This is an 8 mil film taken by a friend. No soundtrack exists. Well, it was a bit of a rush job. We were told that unless we were on the stage within five minutes, we wouldn't be playing at all, and then we could only play for half an hour. But, um... I mean, it was exciting because we were partially organising the gig as well. So there was a lot of... Um, hanging around and everything. In those days, it seemed exciting. It was amateurish. But uh, still exciting. A lot of people enjoyed it. So the Buzzcocks signed a United Artist, and their first single, Orgasm Addict, was released. A playful examination of compulsive sexuality that was and remains uncommonly bold. The BBC refused to play the song. And the single did not sell well. Later, more ambiguous songs staked out a territory defined by Shelley's bisexuality and Punk's aversion to serious examination of human sexuality. This is serious, folks. Stuff got serious. The next single, What Do I Get, reached the UK Top 40 charts. Lipstick, the B-side to Promises, shared the same ascending progression of notes in its chorus as magazine's first single, Shot by Both Sides, was also released in 1978. So Howard Lovato begins the Buzzcocks, gets bored with them, and decides to jump ship and start his own band magazine, which actually went on to some pretty pretty decent success. And uh, they do have a little bit of uh, that Buzzcocky 
<laughs> is that a word? Buzzcocky kind of sound um, in some of the early stuff. Uh, it's very good. If you uh, have not checked out Magazine, I'll I'll feature uh, one of their songs after this spotlight, and uh, maybe they'll have their own spotlight one day soon. Let's try this other CD player again. Here's Orgasmatic, the Buzzcocks. You're listening to Ghost Town with Creepy Steve, Radio Free Nashville. Well, you tried it just for once, find it all right for kicks. But now if I... Nope. <laughs> I gave it the old post-college, what am I doing with my life try. And it didn't work out. So, whoa, 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 I got, I got plan B, which is actually plan A. You didn't even know. Well, you tried it just for once, find it all right for kicks. But now you find out that it's a habit that sticks and you're an orgasmatic. You're an orgasmatic. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on your jeans. And you're an orgasmatic. You're an orgasmatic. Down with Creepy Steve. We're being completely transparent today with, with you, the listener, and that is that I'm just buying time to switch out the CD and play the track that I want to play for you. That's all I'm trying to do here. When I uh, came off the stage, I went and looked down the back staircase and uh, I cut my finger on my uh, one of Peter's guitar strings, and I had some blood on my finger. And uh, I thought I felt... So unbelievably blank. Between July and December 1976, Buzzcocks play 10 gigs. They pile in a van and go down to the screen on the green in Islington in London. Although they set the pace from the start with their friends the Sex Pistols and The Clash, because Buzzcocks are from Manchester, their top-line status is a while in coming. 
It looked to have arrived, though, with the release of Spiral Scratch, made with money borrowed from friends, and in particular, money borrowed from Shelley's dad. It has sold 15,000. It's worth $100 in New York, but time was up for the special relationship. Just three weeks after release, Devoto decides to leave the band. In a statement to the music press, he says, I don't like most of this new music, I don't like music, I don't like movements. Well, how's that for feelings and things? So uh, he, he, liked, he did not like music, so he went and started another band called Magazine. See, things aren't adding up. I think the guy was on drugs. I'm just going to come out and say that. All right. Queuing up the next one here. Good riddance, Lovoto. Who needs ya? Not Pete Shelley and Steve Diggle. Power riding trio. You're listening to the Buzzcocks. Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. I just want a lover like any other. What do I get? I only want a friend who stays to the end. What do I get? What do I get? Oh, what do I get? What do I get? What do you get? You get more buzzcocks. Because that's what I'm here to do. I'm Creepy Steve. 
I don't just creep people out. I play music, too. I got purposes, agendas. All right. Uh, I came up with the PSA during that song, too, my very own. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Labor Day weekend. If you're sitting on your ass, get out and do something. Did it cross your mind that when Howard left, that was the end? Um, it may have done, but it wasn't there for very long. It was the thing where... If it... I, if Howard leaving had made it the end, then it, it would have been just a waste of time as, as doing it because there'd been nothing actually there. Uh, because he left before we actually uh, became really well known. And I thought, well, there's two things we can do. We can either get an, in another vocalist or we can, or, or, or I can do the singing. So I thought, well, we get another vocalist, and that means a front man. And it, it's a change of character, the whole group. So I thought, I'll do the singing. So I did. For the Buzzcocks, it's back to the notice board, this time in Virgin Records shop in Manchester. Leading Northwest beat combo require a bass player who is pretty or competent or pretty competent. This is Garth, who's fairly pretty. Diggle moves over to play the guitar, and Shelley takes over from Devoto as the band's front man. Don't gob at me! Done. The new Buzzcocks. That's all you need moving forward. And I got another earlier single for you here from the Singles Going Steady collection, which is actually great. I mean, it's uh, th there's your greatest hits right there if you wanna if you wanna have it narrowed down for you in a listening fashion. Singles Going Steady is a great Buzzcocks record, and uh, this is one of the the better tracks on on it, if I may say so myself. A love affair which made our love a love Oh, how can you ever let me down? How can you ever let me down? How can you ever let me down? These promises are made for us. We promise that we'd always have time for each other whenever I needed you. You're never in 
had to change you had to go and change but actually you stayed the same how's that for a paradox you know and paradox rhymes with buzzcocks so we've come full circle all right moving right along we're getting towards the end of our buzzcocks spotlight here which will free us up uh, with maybe like 15 20 minutes to spare i've got a slew of tracks in the same sort of theme to play for you following this. But I hope you are enjoying the Buzzcocks. Because uh, they they uh, they did go a little more mainstream. But they kept it raw. They kept it cool. Um, and they just uh, broadened their appeal. That's all. You know, cleaner, cleaner women started to say, Hey, the Buzzcocks, these guys, they may not be so bad after all. Not like that damn... <laughs> That damn filthy clash. This is the scene at the Danforth Music Hall recently before a concert featuring Toronto's vile tones and one of England's most popular bands, the Buzzcocks. The clash left their mark on Toronto and the Buzzcocks impressed these bands. All kinds of rock and rollers who, lured by the promise of honest music, came together from all over Toronto. Downtown, the suburbs, people who traditionally thrived off hard rock are finally turning onto and having a mad affair with the new British invasion. Perhaps their devotion comes out of an anger caused by the boring music of the early 70s. But punkers are no longer confined to those who wear torn t-shirts and safety pins through their ears. We've been following Following the new wave scene in this city, sure we see the same fans again and again, but always there are new converts. The Beatles were once thought of as just another four young lads from Liverpool. Now the Buzzcocks, four young lads from Manchester, are determined to keep their music raw and conquer the world. Do you fancy yourself rock and roll stars? Yes. <laughs> yes. Obviously. No, okay, let's try. Seriously. We well, don't like it. We can always go back, you see. <laughs> go back to what? The uh, roots. Nowhere. Just <laughs> to the roots. <laughs> the roots. Where are the roots? In Manchester. <laughs> Just hanging around, eh? Yeah. What about the star treatment? I mean, does it bother you or do you like it? I mean, we I don't know, get you it. might know. We don't get it. But, but we don't get it. But if uh, people treat us nice and we respond mm. by, uh, you know, well, well, we ask for a little bit of, uh, big meals and all that, but I mean, by the same token, when we go back to Manchester, we can still get the bus or, you know, do things like that. Well, you get the bus, I've got a car now. <laughs> you know, we just still do ordinary things anyway. That's sort of nice to so have that anonymity, but would you ever like to be that well-known that, uh, I mean, you couldn't walk down the street? No. No, because you depend on it. <laughs> just a drug then, you know. If you think that, Christ, you know, you can just call someone and they'll do things for you. And that, you end up not doing anything yourself in your life, you know. Everything's done for it. That sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got another track I'm going to play for you here. Off of their 1978 release, Love Bites. These are indeed the Buzzcocks. Folks, they're honest, you know. They're happy they got popular. And they're happy that uh, their music still appeals to, uh, you know, some of their original fans. You know, you know, sometimes you lose those to gain the others and, 
you know it's gonna happen but but I like to believe that they uh they held on to some of their original folks yes off love bites 1978 ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have It's relatable. Absolutely. You know, that's what it's all about. That's why the kids and the and the people like their country music these days. It's relatable, right? And catchy. Except uh, I'm not, for one second, comparing country music to the Buzzcocks, if you're asking yourself that right now. <laughs> that didn't just happen. Smack yourself. That didn't happen. All right. I'm moving along. And uh, this brings us full circle, uh, not to the end of the Buzzcocks just yet, but it brings us full circle in this way because I'm going to play you a track here. This is Time's Up, a song off of uh, the live compilation that uh, I played you a, a fall track off of earlier. The Fall's Last Orders is featured on this uh, mix, as well as a few other various artists. Uh, the, the release was called Short Circuit, live at the Electric Circus, recorded live in 1977. Uh, so this ties in the Buzzcocks with The Fall. As I said, the track is Time's Up. You're listening to Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. 
Is this time's up? Because this is it, no, time is up. One, two, three, four. There's got to be, <clears throat> excuse me, there's got to be a better recording of that out there. I'm going to get my hands on that and try again next time. But uh, yeah, that's that live show from 77. Shared the stage also with The Fall. Um, so I thought that was a cool tie-in to feature these two uh, artists today. Yes, yes. Continuing along, continuing, continuing along with the Buzzcocks. Um, yeah, I figured I'd throw that earlier track in there just now to kind of cut up some of the, the poppier, spunkier 
songs that they put out, which are good. I like them too, absolutely. But um, you know, I like uh, I like to hear their original sound too. It's a little more raw. Let's see here. Uh, from the album A Different Kind of Tension, 1979. I'm going to play you this track right here, right now. We're getting close to the end of the uh, the Buzzcocks. I hope you're liking it. Um, I'll just kind of sum up their uh, career all in one swoop right now, and then we'll just play the last couple of items here I have for you. Um, notable LPs they produced... Another Music in a Different Kitchen, Love Bites, and A Different Kind of Tension, each supported by extensive touring in Europe and the U.S. Uh, their trademark sound, as you've been hearing, is, was a marriage of catchy pop melodies with punk guitar energy, backed by an unusually tight and skilled rhythm section. Um, in 1980, they signed with Liberty Records and released three singles, um, there have been breakups, reunions, this guy did this, that guy did that, that guy did this with this guy's girl, things like that. You know, you try to hold it together as long as possible. Um, but they definitely had a peak in the uh, mid-late 70s, early 80s, and uh, they were, you know, right there in the middle of the, the punk scene. You know, they, they couldn't help it. They were there. They were there. They were influenced by all the same guys that all the other guys were influenced by and that's about all uh, I can elaborate on here's hollow inside
Yes, sir. And madam, that was the Buzzcocks hollow inside off of a different kind of tension. The tension that was released in 1979, that is. Getting near the very end of the Buzzcock spotlight. Uh, yeah, we went pretty long today with our uh, two spotlights. I thought it went pretty well, though, considering the uh, few bumps and grinds in the middle. I'd say it's a good day. All right, we got one more interview from 1979 with the group. And then uh, I'm going to play you a track um, that's off of their Peel session. One of their Peel sessions, by the way, anyway. And uh, I'll announce that here in just a short minute. Who broke their guitar the other night? Someone broke a Les Paul on stage. Me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you do that? To prove a point to myself. <laughs> I'll never do it again. <laughs> no, the, I don't know. I just sort of got carried away. Uh, I enjoy sort of Should be using away. the guitar without actually, you know, playing straight chords or notes or something. I enjoy making noises and wrestling with it, correcting it, <laughs> wrestling with it, and struggling with it. Um, just so happens after I'd finished, you know, bashing it around, I sort of just picked it up and threw it on the floor. Uh, I didn't realise that, you know. <coughs> was going to break off and it did so yeah. so it wasn't really well, an it's just to prove or... that it's only a guitar because i'm not one of these dedicated musicians that sort of say, hey that's you know a night it was a 1953 les paul you know, a real oh. rare guitar and so people are sort of saying, oh you know how could you do that and all that but it's just an instrument it's just a piece of wood with strings on what a philosophy a do you try to put this kind of philosophy across in your music i i yeah all we have are four people on stage play music I mean, we're not, uh... Oh, it's just that easy, is it? Yeah. Think anyone can do what you're doing? Oh, yeah. no, no, it's all easy can do what He goes, oh, 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 I mean, as far as breaking a guitar, anybody can do it. If they've got, you know... Oh, yeah, well, if they've got the guts. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about your music. I mean, you said you just got together three years ago. Before that, you were just playing with small bands and stuff. Uh, I mean, now you consider yourself serious musicians, no. obviously. No. No. Uh -huh. We've always no been serious in what we do, but, you know... As, as far as being uh, musicians, I mean, that's just something which is on our passports. It's, uh, it's not our day-to-day -day living. slightly pretentious, because everybody's a potential musician. Yeah. I've heard people make noises that are like, you know, not on an instrument. That's very nice. <laughs> very nice of Mr. Steve Diggle to say that everyone is a potential musician. I've seen some crap. I'll tell you what. All right. We are going to move right along with this... Final track from the Buzzcocks. So say your goodbyes now. We'll bring them back, though, in the mix. Never you fear. All right, again, from the Peel Sessions, uh, this is moving away from the pulse beat, the Buzzcocks. You're listening to Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. <laughs>
That was the Buzzcocks. How about that? Good, good stuff. All right, all right. Getting very near the end here. I've got 10 minutes left. Be sure and stay tuned for RFN Weekend. Do not change that dial. I will find you. I will find you. And I will shake your hand. I told you I would play you a track from a magazine, Howard DeVoto's Project Post Post Buzzcocks. Um, yeah, he went on to achieve some success with this band. Um, so apparently he wasn't too disgusted with uh, music and movement, as was quoted previously. Um, I guess he got out of his uh, his headspace and uh, created some pretty cool stuff. Um, like I said, I'll I'll consider them for a spotlight for the future. Here's magazine shot by both sides. <laughs> Oh, wow. 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 wow.
Yes, that was Magazine. Howard Lavoto. Devoto. I always say it wrong. Whatever. The guy's gone. He's gone. No, he's still alive. <laughs> I just need to learn how to pronounce his name properly. Um, I'm going to squeeze one more track in here with for you. Um, we'll see what happens. I've got five minutes left. Yeah, this will probably carry it. This will be the final track. I'm going to go ahead and declare it now. This is my final track. That's it. And I figured I'd end with some Joy Division. Uh, this is another Peel Session version. Um, and uh, this is my favorite version of this song. So I'm going with it. And uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the Artist Spotlights today. I thought they're, they're uh, some noteworthy bands to call out. And I'll do it again next week. This is Insight, Joy Division.
Joy Division, WRFNLP Pasquo. <laughs> 